Hey guys, it's Bradley with the Insurance Guys Podcast. Scott, before we start today's episode, tell everyone who our sponsor is. Hey guys, when you buy leads, you're digging through the same pile of leads as everyone else. You never know if you're getting to them first or if they've already been picked through by your competitors. The best leads are the leads that you generate yourself. But where do you start? With Colex Dates, you can build your pipeline with hyper-local prospects that you generate such as targeting the neighbors of your best customers so you can discover more customers just like them. Or you can pick an area of town where you want to start doing business because you know your city better than anyone else. And since Colex Dates provides multiple contact points like landlines, cell phones, and email addresses, you don't have to worry about how to get a hold of your ideal customer. So whether you're calling, running an email campaign, dropping a ringless voicemail, or uploading your list as a custom audience on Facebook, we've got you covered. Generating your own leads can seem daunting, but when you put Colex Dates to work for you, you take control and can target your ideal prospects and have more conversations right on time. Colex Dates, let's start generating leads together. That was a great job, Scott. The guys over at Colex Dates have put something together really cool for only Insurance Guys podcast listeners. Head over to colexdates.com forward slash insurance guys podcast. Fill your information out and they will contact you with a very special offer. That's colexdates.com forward slash insurance guys podcast. Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys Podcast. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist with iProtect Insurance and Financial Services based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome, he is a six foot three sophomore from Saraland, Alabama, parade first team All-American, rivals five-star recruit. He is a fantastic insurance agent and a great American. Please stand and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? I'm great, Scott. How are you today? Man, I am doing fan-supertastic, guys. I am proud to be in Mobile, Alabama. <laughs> I am fired up. I am ready to go. We have got a podcast guest today, guys. Whatever you're doing, pull over on the side of the road if you're driving. You need to listen to this podcast today. This is going to be one of those episodes that is completely out of the box but I think will be extremely interesting. I think it's going to be something everybody will want to hear. I will guarantee you one thing. When you get out of this podcast, there will be a couple of nuggets of information you're going to want to write down. And as I always say, write that shit down. Before we get started. get some shirts that say that. Write that shit down. Yeah. Exactly. Do so so before we get started, let me, let me say this. Our mission on this podcast is to help insurance agents any way we can hiring firing accounting software agency management systems you name it sales anything you can think of we're going to do a podcast on it we are blessed and honored to have our guest on today guys he is a big deal i'm in love with him he is also a beautiful beautiful man (laughs) our podcast guest today he works and is the partner, one of the partners at JAG Insurance in Miami, Florida. He lives in Miami. He is the host of the transition podcast, Life After Sports. He is married to the beautiful Giselle, and they have two beautiful babies, Olivia and Sean. Uh, he played baseball at, at Florida International University, FIU. 
Uh, and also, here it comes, guys. You ready? Don't don't wreck your car. He also played baseball in the Chicago White Sox farm system. So he's carried the, over the passion, discipline, and determination that made him a professional athlete to the insurance industry. These traits have led him to securing coverage for assets within the multifamily industry, commercial facilities, and condo associations throughout the entire southeastern region. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the podcast the other incomparable Mr. Fernando Alvarez. How are you, Fernie? I am doing great. You guys are awesome, man. Man, we are fired up about having you on the podcast today. You know, I told you off air, and I'm going to tell you on air, what, what, I, what I would love to do, because I know you've got a million different stories about how you got to where you are sitting right now today. I want you to get in the passenger seat of my DeLorean, and I'm going to take you back in time for just a moment. And I'm not, I'm not just going to take you back in time to when you got started in the insurance business. I want you to go back all the way to being drafted out of college and tell our audience what it was like to play professional baseball and then and then carry us forward into how you got into the insurance business and up to today dude that's awesome man you you guys are you guys are so good you got me nervous man <laughs> no don't be nervous man, hey, man you no, should be in, you should be in studio with him <laughs> no it's it, man there is no i promise you there is no reason Look, to be nervous we, we had an in-studio so. guest today andrew martin that episode will be out by the time this one's out and scott got so hyped up in the intro that andrew went for like two and a half hours <laughs> Yeah, we that had about awesome. an hour and forty five minute podcast when he was in here. It was incredible. I I love the energy, guys, and and again, likewise, man. I feel blessed to be on, and and I, you guys, obviously, I'm really excited to have met Bradley and and, and form this relationship. So absolutely, uh, kudos to that. So a little bit about my baseball background. I played baseball. My college career started at Dodge City Community College in Kansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went there straight out of high school. I graduated from a local high school in Miami, Florida, called Coral Park Senior High School. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I went there. I went to play JUCO. Was actually drafted by the White Sox in the forty-second round uh, that year. So I was what they called a draft and follow, and that means mm-hmm. they reserve your rights for a year, mm-hmm. and then on the second year you can either sign with them or be eligible for the draft again. Mm. So I came back for my sophomore year and decided that I wanted to go to school. Ended up signing a scholarship to play at FIU. Mm. Had actually had actually verbally committed to play at K State University, mm. uh, but FIU was uh, was really up and coming uh, that year in 2001. They were one game away from Omaha, mm. so I just felt that as a hometown kid, it'd be the right thing just to come back and play in Miami mm. and represent our city. So I did that, and then my senior year in 2004, I was drafted again in the 16th round. By the Chicago White Sox. Hey, Fernie, before you keep going, what position did you play? I was an outfielder. Okay. All right. So, yeah, man, that's my story. So, I ended up signing uh, with the White Sox in 04. And said 16th round? 16th round. Okay. Mm. Yeah. And then I went to go play with the, uh, in short season, in Great Falls, Montana. Mm-hmm. And so, t- tell everybody what it's like to play minor league baseball. I know it's not the show, obviously. It's not for me. For me personally, it was awesome. It was uh, it was great. I'll be I'll be honest with you, uh, Bradley. It's not fun in college baseball, okay? Mm-hmm. Because the minor league system is it's it's pretty much uh, it's a business, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody kind of plays on an individual basis, so mm-hmm. the whole team chemistry is kind of lost, right? 
until you kind of get to the playoffs. Mm. But uh, if you do get to the playoffs, it was fun because I met, I happened to know a lot of guys that were in the big leagues mm. at that time. So I was training with these guys here in Miami in the offseason. Spring training was really part of the, my biggest, best experience. I mean, walking into a spring training facility in Tucson, Arizona, really being in that atmosphere was was something I'll never forget and was really, really, really thankful for, man. That that That's the highlight. If I have taken it back, that's actually the highlight of, of my, my, my Miami experience was, was spring training. Hey, I've got, a, I've got a statistic I want you to either confirm or deny for me. Go ahead. Somebody told me the other day, not too terribly long ago, I guess it's been a month ago, that 65% of the major league rosters are made up of Puerto Rican Cuban and Dominican Republican players. Is that correct? Would you believe that or is that wrong? Dude, you, you know what? If I had to guess today, I would probably say it's 50 50. Yeah. If it's, if it's, if it's more of Latin America mm-hmm. right now, I, I would not be surprised mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Right. I, I, think, I knew, I knew I it was really 50/50. high. Yeah. I knew it was high. It, it, it's, it's high, dude. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, that's a, that's one of the biggest culture shocks when you get to spring training is, you mm-hmm. know, playing, being a division one athlete and playing in, in major, in a major conference and then being in a regional or whatnot, mm-hmm. you know, your mind, you're thinking you're only playing against guys that are in the country. But when you walk into spring training <laughs> and you see guys from the Dominican Republic, from, mm-hmm. uh, uh, from Korea, from, mm-hmm. Puerto Rico, right. all from all over the world. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh my God, you know, you're mm-hmm. competing against the world. Right. So that that was actually that a real eye opener for me, man. Oh, I bet. I bet. So I was gonna say, so so take us from we're we're playing minor league baseball. I assume at some period of time, at some point, that kind of plays itself out, right? I mean you're you at some point you get ready to go out into the world and do something besides play baseball. How did you kind of fall into the insurance industry? So once I'm done playing baseball I opened up a baseball academy mm-hmm. in Miami, but you're not really. So I, yeah, I did. So I opened up a baseball academy called Dream Team Baseball Academy, mm-hmm. and I did that because I really didn't know what the hell I was going to do with my life. Uh, I thought for a minute I was I was going to become an agent, mm-hmm. and realized that my bank account wouldn't wouldn't let me do that. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so. You know, you have to fund a lot of money for these guys. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, well, I'll, I'll open up a, a baseball academy and, and kind of stay in my comfort zone and do what I do. Mm-hmm. Kind of, I opened up this baseball academy, and within 90 days, I had over 60 kids. Built a lot of relationships with these parents and whatnot. Now, Bradley, you know, for me, because I had so much love for the game, the only thing that never felt natural for me, dude, was charging these young kids to play the game. Mm-hmm. I there was always this part of me, man, where I just wanted to do it for free, but I really right. just, I, I couldn't do it because mm-hmm. I, I needed to make money. You gotta pay your so, bills, yeah. Yeah, man. So that that was a very uncomfortable uh, situation for me at that time. Mm-hmm. But to kind of speed things up, how I get into insurance is because I opened up this baseball academy, uh, I'm I'm throwing batting practice and I'm, wor- I'm doing private lessons for this young kid. And his dad and I had built this relationship and I never knew what he did, but he drove a nice Porsche and he, he, he was a humble dude. He, he was a defensive back, defensive back at the university of Southern Illinois. So he was an athlete mm-hmm. and him and I always talked about different stuff. And I finally asked him, I said, what do you do? He goes, Oh, I'm in the insurance business. And I said, Oh, okay, cool. You know, I didn't, I didn't think much of it. Mm-hmm. And the next week I'm throwing batting practice again. I'm, I'm giving his son a, a private lesson 
And he comes up to me, he says, man, you know, I've been thinking about you for a week. And I said, what do you got? And he says, you know, I figure, man, that if you, you know, I'm an ex-athlete and I see the drive and passion you have into what you're doing. But, you know, something tells me that you want to go out and explore something and make money and, and build a life for yourself, which these were conversations that we had had in the past. He said, if, if you put the same passion and energy that you're putting into Dream Team, I think you can be real successful in business one day. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, what do you think I should do? He goes, I think you should go into insurance. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and I had no idea. So this gentleman was at that time the largest, I want to say, top three producers for State Farm mm-hmm. in the in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a guy who was writing over 200 cars a month in the mm-hmm. business. Mm-hmm. And his, he had a family friend mm-hmm. who had an independent and had a kind of a, an opening. So I went there and worked for that little agency and literally got my 440. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And was a receptionist, was an account executive, was a producer, you name it, I was it, man. Mm. So I started uh, just like in baseball. I, I started in T ball, went to coach pitch, mm-hmm. went to kid pitch, right. went to high school baseball, went to college. You know, throughout this whole journey of, of my career, I kind of I, I started at the bottom to get to where I'm at, which is uh, which is why I understand this business so well, is because I I started from from processing a file to to processing finance agreements to you know managing software programs and, and getting apps and submissions out and I, I've done it all. Talk a little bit about Fernie some of the the similarities you know from a competitive standpoint from a you know behind the scenes preparation standpoint that you that you know uh, from a recruiting standpoint that you got that you see from you know uh, professional sports into the world of business entrepreneurship and and even you know on a minute level into insurance if i understand what you're asking me uh, i will i will I, I say this a lot it's something i mentioned in my podcast uh, yeah. quite quite a bit uh, Bradley is I believe the mind of an athlete is very special. Mm-hmm. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. An, a- an athlete is is always in a vulnerable uh, place. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, even the best athletes are the most vulnerable ones. When you're an athlete and you're in a field and you're constantly, you know, you're constantly failing, you're constantly getting your ass kicked and you've got to be constantly preparing to become a better player, those characteristics really carry over into life and into business uh and when you're when you're a kid and you start at a young age and and you have a coach who's pushing you a coach who's sometimes saying you're not getting the job done you know from the age of five and up Mm -hmm. in my opinion it's a huge attribute that you carry an advantage you have that you you carry into the business world because a lot of times if you haven't been exposed to to getting your ass kicked or 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 being in high pressure situations and I'll give you a, I'll give you an example. I mean, let's say you're a college baseball player with you know up to bat with the bases loaded and the winning run on second base, and you've mm. got ten thousand people at LSU watching you in a game, mm. dude. That's a big fucking deal, mm. you know. And it's the same thing. It's the same adrenaline passion that you have when you're about to close a million dollar deal mm. or whatever it is that you're going to do in your business in, in, in the insurance world. Dude, that rush, that preparation that you that you're putting into in, in, into into that opportunity is amazing. Yeah, and I believe in in, in, in preparing relentlessly. 
and anticipating. I think athletes anticipate great. Uh, as a baseball player, you have to be able to anticipate to become a good hitter. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and, and I think with, with me, you know, I can speak personally. You know, I, I didn't play anywhere close to professional sports. I played college golf when I first started. When I yeah, when I first started in insurance, a, literally a buddy of mine just came to my my office that I was working at and said, "Look, you, if you can sell what you're selling now, with cell phones, you can you can sell insurance." And I started selling insurance just because I thought it would be a little bit better money. And then I realized, oh wait. You know, I get to compete against other agents. This is competitive, and that was really what kept me in it and forced me to learn it was the competitive drive from playing competitive golf. And I was sort of at the point where I was past college golf, but I was still playing competitively. Some, you know, small-level professional tournaments, and and I was kind of on the downslide a little bit to where I just I didn't have the time to maintain the level. And so I sort of was able to... to to channel my competitive fire from one thing to the other. And guess what? The harder I worked, the more money I made. So it was, it was like this, this, this domino effect that led me. And that's sort of what kept me into insurance, which allowed me to fall in love with it. Absolutely, man. I mean, insurance is a very competitive industry. There's no doubt about it. And it's no coincidence that if you look across the country, uh, at least a lot of guys that I know, that are top producers in their firms, they're all ex-athletes. Mm. Uh, the, the fact that you play uh, college golf and that you're a successful insurance agent is no coincidence, Bradley. You've been in that range and spent hours to figure out how to hit a golf ball in four strokes. That yeah. takes a lot of work, and yeah. I can guarantee you failed a lot. Oh, right? yeah. So, you know. Well, in golf, you're going you to fail more in golf than you are you're gonna oh, then, then you are in any in I, any other sport, you know. Well, well, look, I mean, we can go back and forth. I'll say baseball's the hardest sport because you got a round a round bat and a round ball coming at you. Yeah, but yeah, but, yeah, but in, man, in golf but, you have to play your foul balls. Oh, 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 okay. you, <laughs> I've always wanted to say that. <laughs> so you know what? You you took the words out of my mouth. I don't need to say it. So, <laughs> so I I become I'm a frustrated golfer, uh, but I I fell in love with golf as well because. It's so difficult. There's mm-hmm. no room for error. Uh, there is no such thing as a foul ball. So right. every stroke counts. Mm-hmm. You've got to manage that course. You've got to anticipate a shot. You've got to read. Mm-hmm. And golf taught me one thing, man. You've really got to stay composed. Yeah. And, yeah, absolutely. You know, I in baseball, you know, once you, you can let some emotions out. And you can in golf, too, but you really got to take a deep breath sometimes and and compose yourself. And when I walk into a meeting and I'm fired up, I mean, I'm a high energy guy. Mm-hmm. I, I've got to be able to compose myself because I just want to take over the room sometimes because I mm. see it's my passion man. I just know what I can bring to the table or, or my firm. And right. I, I can't help it sometimes. And, and I tell my wife all the time, it's like, it's my best gift and my worst enemy sometimes, man, because I really got to Take a deep breath to, and slow the game down sometimes. Mm-hmm. Right, so, and I, and I, and I and I I was a terrible baseball player. I don't really mean that that golf is harder, but you know I had people that had played baseball with me in the past in little league and stuff like that. Freaking guys playing college golf, like <laughs> well, I guess when the ball's not moving, it's easier for him to hit it, you know, right. kind of thing. So oh, it's not. So it's Far- not, so Fernie, when you got into the insurance industry and you started your career, what was the hardest thing that you struggled with on a day-to-day basis? Just just when you first got into it the first couple of years. You know what? I really struggled with walking up to people that I knew that mm-hmm. I wanted them to give me an opportunity right? to take away the, hey, you're Fernie the baseball guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, I love it. I mean, I still, now on the flip side, it, I can 
I can have that conversation because I've already, you know, I've been in this business for 11 years and I've right. proven that I was, that I was going to, uh, I was going to stay committed to this. But I mm-hmm. think a lot of times people saw me and they were probably thinking in the back of their mind, ah, oh, he'll probably just do this. And a year later he'll be doing something else. Right. What they didn't realize was the, the same commitment I put into baseball, I was going to put into this business. I'm all in, man. And I, I said to myself, once I got in, into this, I said, well, if it, if it took me 21 years to become a good baseball player, it's probably going to take me 21 years to become a good insurance agent. <laughs> right. So thank God I, I was able to cut that in half. <laughs> right. But I'm always learning, man. I will say I, I, I don't know everything. I, I'm surrounded. But I always want to be the dumbest guy in the room. But I, but I have become really good at what I do, not only because I know my product, but because of the my mindset is so different and is so relentless that I will literally beat another agent to death just by I, I'm just not going to go away. I'm mm-hmm. going to play. If I'm on a deal, Bradley, I'm going to take the game into the ninth inning until last pitch. Mm-hmm. You can fucking guarantee that. Yeah, I believe you. So how long was it from the time you started with that independent agency to the time that you, you got with Doug and your other partner? I believe his name is Lewis. Lewis, and, yes. Yeah, and, and how long how long was it before you guys for, formed a partnership? Good question. So, dude, it, so after two years, mm-hmm. guess what? All of a sudden, this, this guy – is is starting to write a bunch of homes and mm-hmm. i i was i was doing very well but i realized that the agency i was at kind of was capped and due to some regulations because people were involved with with captives and they couldn't mm-hmm. you know right. just a lot right. of different stuff i realized that i was capped right so what i did was i went up to this gentleman who actually got my career started i said hey you know I see all these high-rise structures that I think we can insure, and I I want to do it, but we don't we don't have access to certain markets. And mm-hmm. he kind of sat down with me, and said, "Hey, this is this is where we want to play in, and this is what we kind of do." But I don't want to hold you back if mm-hmm. if you see something different. You know, I want you to take an opportunity. And at that time, I I wanted I wanted to get an appointment with a with a certain company. And I joined what's called the Florida Association of Independent Agents, mm-hmm. FAIA. Mm-hmm. So I go to this convention in Orlando, and I see Doug, and I hadn't seen Doug in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And Doug said, "Dude, what are you doing here?" I'm like, "Man, well, I'm studying insurance." He's like, "I thought you were playing baseball with the White Sox." He's like, "No, nah, man, it's been a couple, it's been a while." And mm-hmm. he goes, "Man, you gotta, you gotta come meet with me tonight." So I went. I met with Doug and his dad, and when they were at Weinstein Jones. And long story short, you know, I was at at this agency for two years. I go to this convention, and two weeks later, I joined Doug. I Lewis and I had always maintained the relationship. I called Lewis. He was at another agency. I'm like, hey, I think uh, we need to get together. I want you to come over here. And we just had a couple conversations. And then Lewis joined us about a month later. All of a sudden, Doug, Lewis, and I are working for, for Doug's father. And we you got three three athletes on the ground, you know, running hard in, in, in South Florida. I'm sure, that was an interesting dynamic. Oh, absolutely, it was, man. It was, uh, it was a. It, it's funny, dude. Guy, I always say God works in mysterious ways. Right, absolutely. And, uh, I I don't find this to be a coincidence at all. You know, I to this day I I walk in and I still look at Doug and Lewis. I'm like, how did this whole thing happen, man? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know, like, man. Who, who, who owns this place? Like, it's right. so weird. Well, the, the chances of, of all three of you guys going to college together, knowing each other, but and also add the fact that you're three completely different individuals, you end up in business together, the partnership works, and you guys are successful 
on the level that you're successful, and you guys can downplay it all you want, but you guys are, are massively successful in my mind, is is nothing but a God thing. You're absolutely right. It, it is, Bradley, man. I will give, I am not embarrassed to say, I will give all glory to God. That's right. We've done very well, man. And and and, and the crazy part about us is that we've, we've just scratched the surface. Like I, I told Doug and Lewis, I said, you know what? In 2018, we got to the big leagues, kind of like like a, what they call a September call up. Mm-hmm. I can tell you now, we're in the big leagues, mm-hmm. and now it's I've always said is it's much easier to get to the big leagues than this stay there. Absolutely. Now the challenge is how long can we can we stay there, right? Yeah, and sustain this. But I feel that if we continue to have fun and play the sport of insurance, to me it's a sport. It's yep. not a business. I play a game, and we don't take ourselves too serious, and we put our employees, our culture, and the program ahead of us, we're going to succeed. Because one of the things, you know, a lot of people do say that Doug Lewis and I are totally different, and we are, but there's one thing that we do have in common that I don't think people recognize because you really got to get to know us to see it, is we are all humble at heart. Mm. I agree. No, I agree 100%. You understand? So, like, yeah. we all have our own little, like, Doug's got his cockiness and his, his own swag, and Lewis and I've got mine. But in our heart of hearts, mm-hmm. we're, we're humble uh, individuals. We're not perfect by by all means, and and that comes from the playing field. That right. comes from, that started as young kids on a field when you put you on a uniform and knowing that you played for the program, you didn't play for yourself. Mm. Right. For me, if there was a man on second base, it wasn't about me hitting a jack. It was about me moving the runner over and putting him in scoring position. Mm-hmm. And that's the same concept that we use here. It's what do we got to do to put our players in the best position to succeed. Yep, absolutely. Everything. It's a game, it's a game of chess. Talk a little bit about your podcast. Talk about the mission of your podcast. Talk about what you're trying to do. I know, and Scott knows, you know the unintended consequences of starting a podcast. I don't know how far down the food chain you are in terms of how many episodes you've done, but talk about you know the podcast, how it came about, and some of the things that have happened since. I've only shot two episodes. My okay. podcast started. About two months ago, when I was done playing baseball, I went through a real transition in my life and I started to suffer from severe anxiety attacks. Hmm. And I had no idea what was happening to me. I was going through a, a big identity crisis. I mean, my, my world in, in some, some way came crumbling down because you know I was an athlete. I had structure. I knew what I had to do every day. You know, Get up in the morning, go lift weights, come back home, get yourself a protein shake, get a nap in. Go back to the gym, practice at one, batting practice at five, game at seven. And I did that for, for years, man. And I knew my offseason lifting and, and, and getting better. And when I, when I was done playing baseball, you know, the, w- w- the beautiful thing about my career was I was never released by the Chicago White Sox. I actually retired. And so I, I, got not, I was not only able to get drafted twice, but thank God I was able to to end my own career because I just knew that, that it was time to move on. There's a lot to be said for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I quote unquote was never fired. So that, mm-hmm. that was, that's something I also get to carry, which, which, which is awesome, man. It gave me a lot of peace. And when I came into what I call the real world, I, after about three weeks, man, I just started to feel really lost. And so I go through this whole cycle in my life of, suffering from this and i talk to you guys about this now i'm not embarrassed at all mm-hmm. because my uh this is what lisa's podcast is I, I i went through this whole identity crisis and i hadn't I, I didn't know what was wrong with me 
I was just, I was trying so hard. I was back in an environment at home at that time that really wasn't that healthy uh, for, for a lot of different reasons. And, and long story short, I still kept, I still was able to continue to do my baseball academy and get into insurance, but behind the scenes, I mean, Doug and Lewis, I was going through this. I was, I was really struggling, man. And mm. I just couldn't tell what, what was wrong with me. And one day, uh, I fell onto my knees and I literally prayed to God and I said, and I, I said, God, I don't know what, what I'm going through. So I found a therapist. I started and I started to read up on athletes who, you know, is common. Like I just started doing all this research mm-hmm. and it's very common for athletes who, who are done playing sports, whether they were at the big league level, NBA or NFL, you know, they do face a transition. I mean, I think about it, dude, imagine if you're, you know, Michael Jordan shooting, you know, playing in front of 50,000 people a night and doing everything you want and one from one day to the next is gone. You know, mm-hmm. you miss that rush and that high. I went through this whole, this whole period is this whole transition. And I, back then I had just met my girlfriend who was not my wife. And I would always tell her, I said, I don't know why I'm going through this, but the day that I, that I, that I'm anchored, I'm going to share my story. And I, and I would say that, and I don't even know why I would say that. I, I can't pinpoint it, mm-hmm. but I guess, you know, I have a lot of faith in God and I felt that I was being used to be an instrument, maybe one day to use my, my little story, you know, absolutely. Um, even if it's just to help one person, man. So I, I, I told myself, I'm not going to suffer in vain. Mm. And, um, so then anyhow, I, I, I always said that. And then I, 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 I go through, I get all this help. Uh, um, I, uh, I found Christ in my life and I, that then I, you know, I start to heal and I start to understand a, a lot of different things in my life. And then when we hired VaynerMedia, I'm having a conversation with Gary mm-hmm. and Gary asked me about my background. So I, I'm very passionate about this whole thing. Mm-hmm. He looked at me and he goes, do you have a podcast? I'm like, what's a podcast? Dude, three months ago, I'm like, what's a fucking podcast? And he's like, are you serious? I'm like, oh, I'm like, I don't even have fucking Instagram. Mm-hmm. He's like, you've got to share your story. And I'm like, but, but, and then I said, well, why, why am I going to share my, you know, I'm like, share my story. I'm like, Damn, I've always wanted to do that, but, but how do you do that? He's like a podcast and you're going to name it the transition. And so I he said, named that? He gave me the name of the transition. He did. Yeah. I'm not taking credit for it. He did. I only added the transition I, and I added life after sports. Right. Because I wanted people to understand where I was coming from. Right, right, right. Um, it sort of adds a little bit of clarity. Clarity, exactly. And uh, and that's how this whole thing later. So all of a sudden, a guy who's never been on social media, <laughs> I was the anti the anti social media guy because I thought it, it was people trying to flaunt their things and whatnot. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, to 60 to 90 days ago, um, you know, I've got, you know, I've got a little following. I've got about, 5,000 people on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. uh, a guy who literally didn't have LinkedIn mm-hmm. until, you know, three months ago. And, and I realized that I needed to utilize this podcast to tell my story and find and find the masses. Mm-hmm. Now, what's funny is when I first shot my podcast, you guys have no idea how vulnerable I was or even uh, when I would oh, put up a, a, a I, picture. I, I know that feeling, dude. You feel like your your heart's outside of your body, don't you? Oh, Bradley, let me tell you something. <laughs> Talk about getting uncomfortable and mm-hmm. having to, you know, to, to live what I what I'm what, what I'm what I'm preaching here. I had to get uncomfortable. Like I gotta take a selfie and I gotta do this. <laughs> and it's funny. After a couple times, I did it, and I'm not gonna lie to you. What helped me was I started to receive some DMs with people thanking me mm-hmm. 
on just one little episode. Yep. And I'm like, dude, thank you. And and I'm like, oh my God, like this is actually happening. Mm-hmm. And then I had my brother-in-law do this logo. And then all of a sudden I have a podcast room. And all of a sudden I've got, I'm on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know that, I, I, I don't know that a lot of people have listened to it or not, but I'm like, oh my God, like 90 days ago, I didn't even know what I, how I was going to do this. Mm-hmm. Now I'm on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. I'm on the phone with Bradley Flowers, who has an amazing podcast. So even as I'm talking to you now, you guys have no idea how in my heart, man, it's like, it's like answered prayers for me, man, in so many different ways. Like it's, it's, it's almost like I'm still soaking this whole thing in, man. Like it's, I'm a little bit, I'm actually vulnerable to this day, man. I'm, I feel so blessed. And more importantly, I feel like I fell in the sport again. Like I'm, I kept, I'm, t- I, I told my wife last night, I'm like, man, I'm involved in baseball again, but I'm not, but from a different perspective, you know, I love that. like, yeah. and, and I've had high schools reach out to me that want to talk to their players. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got two major league guys that want to come in and, and share their story on, on, on the, on the transition podcast. So it, it's really cool. I have no idea where this is going to take me. I want nothing in return other than the fact that if you're out there and you're listening and you're an athlete in transition or whatever you're at, I just, my whole purpose is to let you know that number one your best days are ahead of you number two god loves you and if you if you as an athlete can find can use the same characteristics and dig deep and put them into business you're going to be successful and you're going to find your purpose again i love it hey fernie this is scott what's up scott can i can i offer you up just a very small piece of advice take it for what it's worth I always say you know what free advice is worth i i want you to do two things you don't have to do it but i'm going to highly encourage you to do it i I think that your podcast because of the topic and the fact that there are so many athletes out there you know not not just pro athletes but but you know if you're the 85th guy at the university of alabama that's been playing football for four years you know and you you graduate and there is no there is no pro football for you you run out of eligibility even those kind of people are going to want to listen to that. I'm reaching out to everybody. and right. You're right on the money. That's what I'm reaching out to. Well, the piece of advice I wanted to offer you, there was, it's a twofold piece of advice. The, 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 the number one thing I would tell you is this. Be consistent with your podcast, and I think Bradley would agree with this. Mm-hmm. Try don't, – don't say you're going to try, because to me when people say they're going to try to do something, that means they're not going to do it. But tell yourself – I'm going to release a new podcast every Wednesday at noon or every Wednesday in general, okay? And the second piece of advice I have for you, do not stop that podcast for any reason other than if the Russians bomb us in a nuclear holocaust and there's no there's no United States of America anymore. Do not stop that podcast for 50 episodes. Yep. Now, I agree with that. After 50, tell yourself, I'm going to release a podcast every every week on this day, and be and be consistent, okay? okay. And then and then and then tell yourself, I will not stop this podcast until we get to episode 50. And after that, we'll make That's, some decisions. After that, th- that was a piece of advice that Johnny Gwynn, our producer, gave us. Fernie is is at least make yourself a commitment to. X amount of whether it's a month or a week or every day, whatever that commitment is, and get to fifty. Right. Something magical happens at that fiftieth episode right. 
where you've kind of found your consistent fan base, so to speak, for lack of right. a better term, and things really start taking off. And we just hit 50. Right. As many as we've done, it feels right. like we've done a million. Right. We just hit 50. But from our experience, the, or my experience, the, the, the key to all this is is the, the consistency and just – just absolutely getting after it. Well, you know and, what I mean? Yeah, and the thing the thing that he has that we don't have is all it would take, and he has these kind of connections because I know the people he knows in professional mm-hmm. baseball, all it would take is him having, you know, two or three or maybe even one uh, major league baseball player uh, or, or, you know, mm-hmm. a famous athlete coming on to talk about their transition or Gary, or, or yeah, any of that, or, yeah, Gary Vaynerchuk, any of that, and he he goes one in one day from, you know, five thousand people listening to five hundred thousand people mm-hmm. listening, yeah. yeah, because he ha- he has those kind of contexts. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know any professional athletes. I wish I could get Tom Brady on the podcast. Let, let me ask you a question, Fernie. You said the podcast, was uh, guys. Gar- I rule. I I rule all this down. By the way, so thank you. <laughs> you said Gary gave you the idea for the podcast. So Scott, what they have in their office is they have a podcast studio which i'm assuming you're in right now um podcast studio in their office right mm-hmm. that is it's 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 cool it's like a fishbowl glass it's right. got a view uh in their office that i believe right fernie anyone in the community can use or any referral partners can use um, yeah what we did was we opened up the podcast to to local business leaders that want to share their story mm-hmm uh, at no cost, um, we have a guy who who handles that, Juan Lopez. Who yep, great guy. Met him. Awesome dude, and and people. Just, I put people in contact with him. He schedules them, and it's, it's just a way of 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 bringing the community together of entrepreneurs or, or mm-hmm. whoever yeah. you are. As long as you you know you're you're, you're a good person and we'll, I want to come in and and you know what? At the same time, that allows us to build relationships that we would have never had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, question: Did Gary give you the idea for that? He did. Yep, I knew yeah. that because because the reason I say that is the other Vayner, one of the other Vayner mentors participants is not too far from here in Panama City, Florida, the uh, the furniture store, and his idea to them was to create a co working space mm-hmm. slash coffee shop mm-hmm. inside their store to use as a way to sort of advertise the furniture. Wow. And and so when I walked in your office, I think it was Doug said, yeah, we have podcast studio here. Anybody in the community can use it. I'm, I, I said to myself, I said, that is that is 100% Gary Vaynerchuk. That's it's, amazing. It's taking your business and finding what value you can add to the community that's different from your business mm-hmm. to attract people to your business. Right? That is correct. Yep. So, Fernie, before we jump off this podcast, I want to ask you one question, and then we're, we're going to jump off here. If there's one piece of advice that you could give to, to the 250,000 insurance agents that listen to this podcast, a lot of whom are, are you know, associate agents, some are principal agents, independents, captive, what's the one piece of advice that you would give those people to, you know, motivate them today to go out and sell insurance for the family and, and make money for the world. family? Yeah. I'm going to be, I'm going to keep it real practical guys. Okay. All right. You got to work your ass off and prepare relentlessly. Yep. If you, and, and believe, believe in yourself, mm-hmm. believe in your company and your organization mm-hmm. and the people that work for you or the, or, or your teammates. Mm. Uh, if you do that, I believe that nothing bad comes out of sacrifice. Mm. And if, if you do that, that, we're in a beautiful, I always say insurance is the best kept secret in corporate America, right? 
we're in a very rewarding industry. If you do that, you're going to be successful and you're going to live a very good and healthy financial life. Mm, I, I, re- I truly believe that. I think that's a perfect spot to end it, Scott. Farney, I love you. I love you too, man. <laughs> I, ha- I have great news for you. I just informed Doug about, I don't know, an hour ago, I guess. And I will tell you that uh, I am coming to see you. That uh, is awesome. Yeah, I'm coming down end of March, early April. Uh, your agency, this is Scott speaking now, but your agency, I do one agency visit a year to a to an agency uh, outside of my area. And I'm bringing my division manager for commercial insurance and my agency. His name is Clinton Orr. He is a he grew up in Jupiter, Florida. Okay, but, but we're we're coming down to your office for two days, and and we're going to keep our damn mouth shut and try to to learn as much as we can from you guys while we're down there. But uh, I can't tell That's you awesome. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you being on this podcast today and how much it means to me and, and to Bradley as well. Absolutely, and and I, I really enjoyed our time together down in Miami. Uh, I told Scott, you know, I met with you guys, had an amazing visit there, had dinner with Doug and Michael McCormick, Taylor Dobby, and a couple of executives from a company we all know. Mm. And I told, I told Scott, I said, I was good. I, I was ready to go home. The conference hadn't even started yet. I was like, I, I, I'm good. You know, I, I've gotten enough valuable information out of this trip, and a large part was was at your agency. So what, what we want to do, what we want to do for you, and I haven't even talked to Scott about this, Uh-oh. is everybody that's listening to this podcast, every single person listening to this podcast right now, if you've gotten any value at all from this podcast or any of the other. I think 54 episodes, 64 episodes we've done. Stop what you're doing. Turn this off. Go to search. Type the transition colon life after sports and subscribe to Fernie's podcast and send me a screenshot to show me that you actually did it. And what are they getting? What are they I appreciate getting? that, man. I, I don't know what they're going to get, but they'll get something. Show Fernie some love. But I think we're probably, my beautiful wife designed these t-shirts. I think we're about to order about 250 of these bad boys. So, oh. You know, we'll see, yeah. what, ha- we'll okay. see what happens right. there. Send, For- s- send, send me screenshots, guys. It doesn't matter what platform it's on. iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. Yeah. Let's roll. And Fernie, and Fernie, this this podcast will be released in about what? A little while. We got some in the Yeah, tank. probably a month or so. So when it comes out, don't don't be surprised on a random Tuesday at four o'clock if you pick up quite a bit of <laughs> listenership on your podcast, man. But thank I you. appreciate you guys. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, man. no problem. And thank you for and thank you for the advice about the fifty. I'm gonna oh, keep that keep, yeah. keep going hard. Don't stop till you get to fifty. And I think once you get to fifty, you're gonna be like, I'm doing five thousand of these mm-hmm. bad boys. Yeah. So so guys, listen, I'm gonna go ahead and close this thing out. Guys, as I tell you every week, rewards come from action, not discussion. Get your ass out from behind that desk and go out into the big bad world and sell insurance. Make money for your husband, make money for your wife, make money for your family, make money for your kids. And write good business for the agencies that you represent. Write good business for the companies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, I love you. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Bernie. Hey, see you guys. guys. Hey, you're listening to the Insurance Guys podcast, and we'll be back here real soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at iprotectins at gmail.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to bradleyflowersinsurance.com or email him at bradley at saralandinsurance.com. 
Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to being with you again real soon on the next episode of The Insurance Guys. Take care.